I think that we'll bounce back from this, but it will take some time. You know, there's no doubt about that. But you know, we're a growing city. I mean, the census hasn't obviously results haven't come out yet, but this will probably be the first census where Philly has grown since the 70s. Hey everybody, welcome to Den Today. I have Trevor Hayward, the founder of Evil Genius Brewing Company. All they do is craft beers. He grew this from literally zero with his partner Luke to now close to $10 million in revenue. Took a bad hit during COVID and he's here to tell everybody his story. How if you have a dream, you're passionate, and you love what you do, don't be afraid to go out there and make it. Trevor, thank you so much for coming to the show. I appreciate it very much, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. You know, you're from Ireland. You go to Villanova. You're in grad school. You meet Luke, your partner. Yep. You're like, you're in the middle of a recession, 2009. Can you tell everybody what happened? Tell us, tell us, tell us. First, tell us, let's take a step back first. Let's tell us about Evil Genius Brewing Company. What is it? What do you do? Sure. You have a restaurant, what you like to call it? The The lab. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, we've been around for nine years, I mentioned, uh, bus. So right now we're, we distribute to seven different states, uh, but we have one uh, physical location where you can come and try our beer and our experimental stuff, which is down in Fishtown, uh, just at Front and Palmer in, uh, in Philadelphia. And then, but most of our beer is actually made, we use a co-packer or a contract brewery up in uh, Pittston, Pennsylvania. And then that beer gets distributed all over to the seven states that we're in. Uh, so grocery stores, liquor stores, et cetera. So that's kind of uh, where we are right now anyway. And... You know, how did this all start? Yeah, so uh, I was 23 when I moved here. My brother convinced me, he's been here a lot longer than I have, um, but to come and go to grad school. So I applied to Villanova, got in, and then two weeks after I started the program, Lehman Brothers failed, the whole economy seemed to be in free fall. And that's literally when I met Luke, my business partner, and we realized that we were very nervous at the very least of our job prospects post-grad school. And we'd both kind of been involved in other startups and were really liked the idea of working for ourselves. So we decided, hey, do you want to kind of take a take a risk? And uh, the fact that we weren't so sure about our other opportunities kind of gave us that push to, to really decide to just go and run with this. And at the time, even though it's still doing really well, but the growth in craft beer at the time was huge. We were both home brewers. It just made a kind of a, a perfect match in that respect. To, you to love start craft us. beer. Absolutely. You, you, Especially like, drinking it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, like, so you go from zero to build this multi-million dollar company. You have a big facility down in Fishtown. I think you guys can hold up like 200 people inside now, correct? That, what you call yep. the lab? The lab, yeah, that's what we call it. So it's the lab at Evil Genius. Yes, we got a capacity of almost 200 inside and another 150-ish outside as well. So we can hold a lot of people and we've done block parties with thousands of people over the years as well. So it's a lot of fun. And you were impacted by COVID, right? I mean, you lost half your revenue, half your yep. business, right? I mean... <laughs> Are you pissed? Are you mad? Now, especially looking back, like we're eight months out of this thing yep. and we're still at 50% in Philadelphia. Right. I yeah. mean, you got to have a little <laughs> bit of, I mean, tell me what's going on. What's your thought process? I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously it was very difficult initially and no one knew what was going on or how long it was going to last. So that was a really difficult time. And as you said, like we lost half of our business. Um, we're quite lucky that we also do have that other half, whereas, you know, a lot of our restaurants and stuff that we work with lost their business almost entirely for many months. Um, but you're right, we're going to 50% capacity in Philadelphia tomorrow. It's been a long time coming. Our numbers are doing well. But I, I'm on the belief that given there's no actual scientific data that says restaurants are the ones spreading COVID, that's 
the restrictions have been probably in place for a little longer than they needed to be. And there's a lot of people suffering because of that. I have no you know? problem saying it's stupid. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually not even... It's, it's becoming a joke at this yep. point. Like, you have businesses are open. People are playing sports again. You have people doing what they want to do. People are going to people's houses, like we said, more than ever. House parties have been more than ever, gatherings. Yep. But you can't have... 20 people, 30 people, 100 people. You can't have a fifth person at a table in a bar. And you got the hot dog is going to stop you from getting COVID. Yeah. The hot dog's the difference maker. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And like you and you can't serve after, I think, it's 10 o'clock at night. And you can't stand up. So you got to make sure you're not standing up drinking after 10 o'clock because then you get double COVID. Okay, and that's way yeah. worse than single COVID. I mean, and that's the irony of all this. It's so political, right? It, listen... I actually agree with you. We should have shut down in the beginning, knowing what was going on. Yeah. But everything should be open at this point. Everything. I mean, if I it, think there's it, certain <laughs> restrictions that still need to be in place, like the mask wearing, that sort of stuff. Like that's my belief. But I also think that we are now in a phase where we are living with COVID. Like there's not going to be a vaccine next week. It's probably several months away, and even at that, it's going to take time for it to actually be distributed. So we have to have a plan. Would you go get the vaccine right away? Would you sign up for it? I actually first? probably would. I'd be okay with it. I mean, okay. if it dep- I'd need to know more information than there's a vaccine. <laughs> but My wife's not going to get the vaccine, and my kids definitely aren't right away. That's just my wife, and that's sure. just, you know, you know, I look at it this way, right? We kn- you know who it hurts. You mm-hmm. know what the numbers are. The data's in. Yeah. The stats are in. No matter how you... People can scream and yell from the rooftop, this isn't political. Republican states are open. Democrat states are shut down. Sure. So you're telling me only Democrats get COVID? I don't know about that. I don't think so. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's so political. And the mass thing, um, I could give or take, right? Like it's. it's I think there's probably a middle ground between the, true, both true, of those correct. things. I mean, and you're right; it's become political, but in a, in a poor way. Like for the longest time, people were, like Republicans were like, "We're not wearing masks," and like that's not right either. Correct. You know, so it's. But you're right; this shouldn't be a politics thing; it's a health thing. It's and, a it's a human being thing, and it, yeah. but the problem is, you're the one being hurt. Yep. Right. Other people. And some people were saying it's the way of the left bringing socialism to our country. And if you think about it, it's going to be hard for you to withstand what's happening if you, had, you couldn't withstand another shutdown. No, I mean, I think we're going to lose a lot of restaurants and businesses in general. Like even like my one friend had a, a dog, doggy daycare. He basically lost his business because everyone's working from home. Of course. You know, and that's... You know, you're not going to pay for someone to take care of your dog that is just going to sleep by your feet. One out of five small businesses have already gone out of business. They're saying two out of five by the end of this year. Yeah. And that, and I say to people, that makes a separation. And people are like, well, that will put level the... No, it's going to make the elite richer, Yeah. the poor poorer, and wipe out the middle class. Well, we already know that the very rich people have done very well out of this. Uh, but I don't really think it's even they're doing. Like, oh no, no, it's it, like it's just a. It, it's, it's yeah. It, they they're not the ones no. making the rules. Like yeah. unless they're telling the Democrats to keep us shut down, then they all should go to prison. I think we'd agree. Sure, that, right? but I don't think they are. I, I think don't think they yeah. are. I think yeah. they're saying, you know what? You guys play your political bullshit. Yeah. And we're just going to sit here and print money. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to that we just still don't even know that much about how this virus is transmitted. That's what it comes down to. I, I agree. Like I, mm-hmm. I have, you know, it's funny because. I coach soccer, wrestling, and I, and I'm a true believer in I'm going to wear the mask just because my kid gets to play. So I'm going to do whatever you say. Me to sure. Play. Yeah, yeah. My wife's restaurant's open. Like we're discussing that. I'm going to wear a mask when I'm down there helping out tonight because. Right. Do I think I had COVID? I was totally fine. Didn't even know I had it. 
My wife had it. My son had it. And there was no right. symptoms. No one got sick. But we're healthy people. But I don't want to give it to someone that's not healthy either, though. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm more of if you know you're not healthy and you have issues, you probably shouldn't be going to a church, restaurant, bar, house party, True. any of those things. Yep. So I let's get back into Evil Genius. What separates you from other brewing companies besides you love what you do? Yeah, because, I mean, everyone loves what they do in – like. Most people who start a business love that business and want it to succeed, et cetera. I mean, uh, our philosophy has always been that, you know, we don't – a lot of – the craft beer industry kind of started to move in certain ways to kind of a very kind of snooty, almost the way wine went in the, like, 90s where mm-hmm. it was like it was almost like you don't know enough about this and I know so much more than you. And we don't buy into that at all because beer has always been like the, the working person's drink, uh, you know, because it was never super expensive. It was always easy to make because it is easy to make and to a certain extent. Um, and so we wanted to, so wanted to kind of keep that. So we always used to say, you know, we're keeping the fun in beer. And like one of our uh, mottos is, you know, very silly names for very serious beer. Because we do take the process of making the beer very seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously yeah. either, you know, because at the end of the day, this should be fun. If you're not having fun, then you shouldn't be doing it. It's kind of our attitude. So, What's been your biggest challenge growing your company? Um, I mean... Besides COVID, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, setting that aside, uh, obviously, there's always going to be issues. I think, like, the biggest challenges have always been when you are in a growth mode is trying to manage that growth, that you're not growing too fast, and that you're putting some of the policies and things in place. And to be honest with you, because I always try to look on the bright side, it has been one of the things that I have got to do because of shutdown is really look internally at our business and go, we're not really doing this very well. We can do it better or more efficiently. Uh, I'm certainly not suggesting that I'm glad COVID happened. No doubt. Not at all. But I will say that that's at least one benefit that we've been able to see because when you're growing a lot, you don't get have the time to focus on those things. The majority of your business right now, I'm assuming, is through distribution centers, getting into grocery. And that's yeah. you're leading the way doing that yourself, correct? That's really your charge direct to the... That's actually my business partner is more on the sales side of things where I'm more marketing and operations. Uh, so we're with 22 wholesalers in the seven states that we're in. So that's a lot of relationships to manage. And, and then on my side of things, on the upside, like we're shipping to each one of those places, usually at least two to three times a month. And making sure that everything arrives on time, so it's a it's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. So, so we talked about the growth of your organization. You feel like social media has been one of the biggest pushes for you guys. Social media, yeah. And also your partner going direct selling and making those relationships. Yep. Can you talk to me about first the social media impact and what it's done and how you feel about social media in general for your brand overall? Sure. So like. Um, our demographic is definitely very social media focused because the people who drink our beer are really like 25 to 45 is like our, the biggest group of people. And that's and we're also a little different than other craft breweries in that we are close to 50-50 men to women, whereas a lot of other breweries will be a, a decent more on the male side. And even our place on uh, the lab on Front Street, when you look in there a lot of times, not as much lately because people aren't allowed to be inside, <laughs> we're actually actually focus we have a lot more women customers than men um, and which is just there's no good or bad reason for any of these things it just is what it is you know and that's cool that we appeal to a pretty good cross-section of of a from a gender perspective but uh, to get back to the social media what we uh what we kind of found is that we we connect with people because of the fact that we don't take ourselves too seriously and that is literally what a lot of social media especially instagram is it's about fun things it's not supposed to be super serious although 
anytime there's an election, everything becomes political and then it's not as fun anymore. Um, Makes you want to even open your phone. Uh, literally, yeah. So it's like, can we get back to the memes, please? Um, but uh, uh, so that's kind of a, a big factor for us and it's really helps kind of grow our brand and get people connected to us and let them know what's going on with us too. And I'm assuming you're going to, when you're using social media, you're really focusing on literally Facebook and Instagram for yeah. commercial demographics. You're not tweeting too much. I don't think you're doing no. LinkedIn too much, right? We're, we're on Twitter, but like it's not a big focus for us. Just uh, but like Instagram is definitely our biggest platform that we use. We have about forty thousand followers on there. Uh, whereas like Facebook, I think it's around fifteen, sixteen, and uh, Twitter is somewhere in the like maybe a couple thousand. I can't really <laughs> remember. It's much smaller. Yeah. You know, as your brand keeps growing, is your social media impact helping your partner sell saying hey this is where our sales are going this is it been crossover of using that to say listen people are following us people want to be part of us have you guys leveraged that i definitely think so and we know that like people look at our like even our accounts like restaurants beer distributors grocery stores look at what we're doing on social media to know even what's coming from us as well because that's where we make a lot of our announcements and things too so. and you and you and you keep it fun like you we try really, to yeah. like you <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're not married and don't have kids. I do not, no. Yeah, because you just have, like, the personality of, like, me, like, 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> let's have fun. Like, yeah. like, you are the idealist entrepreneur of, yeah. hey, I came out of grad school. I made it. And, you know, I know you want to keep growing. But, yeah. listen, you're doing millions and millions a year, and you're having fun while you're doing it. I know you have some stress. But <laughs> you smile a lot, and you seem happy. Yep. No, there's no doubt about that. What's next for Evil Genius? Like, what's next? What's your final vision, you and Luke? Do you sell to a private equity firm? Do you sell to another brewery? Or are you just going to keep building this and having fun and enjoying yourself? Yeah, and like we talk about this all the time. I mean, no one's coming knocking trying to buy us from like, uh, like Anheuser-Busch isn't knocking our, our door down or anything like that. Um, and that's totally fine because we're not really interested in, in selling. We're we're interested in growing. Like when you got like the growth that we've had over the past several years, and I I I always say this like I'm not done yet. I still got a lot of creative juices left to, that I want to utilize. So I could see us you know just getting bigger. I don't know that we'll ever be a national brand. I don't know there'll be that many more national brands. But there's a lot more growth. Like we're only in seven states. You know, so there's still a lot many more that we could probably get into that would appeal to us because we get messages all the time. Like I literally just answered one yesterday from someone in Australia saying, do you send you, do you send any beer here? But we get it from other states that we're not in all the time saying, I can't get your beer here. Why not? And I'm like, we're not there yet, but we will someday. What is, you know, and congratulations on your success. I mean, you've, you've had tremendous success. What do you think if you guys keep going the way you're growing? Will you double in the next three, four years? Uh, I mean, that's a hard one to answer just because of everything that's happened this COVID. year. Prior to but COVID. If prior to COVID, yeah, that would have been a goal that we would have at least doubled over you know, a three, four year period. Absolutely. How do you feel about the Philadelphia restaurant and craft beer scene? Do you think it's a good one? Do you think we need better places? Do you think it's gone downhill? What's your opinion? Um, again, I mean, it's very going to be really interesting to see what the uh, outcome of everything that's happened this year is. But in general, like before all of this year, we had an amazing craft beer scene here. Like we were one of the original beer cities in that respect. As it used to be a city that was very focused on imports, like Belgian beers and things like that, because craft beer didn't exist. This is like 20 years ago, more in fact. Uh, and then as beers kind of in domestically kind of developed, like these new interesting beers, uh, a, a lot of the beer distributors here sought them out and brought them in as imports from like other states as such. And that was made city, uh, made Philly a city that people wanted to travel to because they knew they could try 
a lot more different beers. At this point, a lot of other cities get access to all these things too, but we're still an amazing beer city in that respect. And do you think people, you clearly aren't afraid to go out and about. No. I mean, you shook my hand as soon as you saw me today. Yep. Okay, so you're kind of on my side, I believe, where I'm going to live my life and move yep. forward. Do you think restaurants and bars ever come back in 2021? Or do you think this is just going to loom now and just really destroy the restaurant bar business? I think we're going to lose a lot of restaurants. I mean, we've already lost some. I think we're going to lose some more. But I also think that we're a pretty resilient city. And uh, so, you know, no one likes us, we don't care type thing. I think that we'll bounce back from this, but it will take some time. You know, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, we're a growing city. I mean, the census hasn't obviously results haven't come out yet, but this will probably be the first census where Philly has grown since the 70s. And, and that's a good thing. And I don't think that COVID is going to have stopped that. So there's going to be people here who want to go to bars and restaurants and things that close down will either hopefully reopen or someone else might take them on. It's not going to happen overnight, but I think that I don't think it's going to destroy us totally. No. We're in a recession, not a recession. The economy's doing incredible right now, but we're definitely in a pandemic. Yeah. You know, it is. Listen, I, I use the word pandemic, scandemic, wherever you want to sit. On. I don't care. I'm not here to get into the sure. political views, right? Just yeah. what you want to believe, but our lives have been altered. Yes. And there's a lot of people that have lost jobs that are scared for that young entrepreneur out there on the final roar for you, Trevor, what would you say to them? He's in college, he's in grad school, just got fired. Yep. Doesn't know what to do, but he's thinking about, or she's thinking about starting their own business. What advice would you give them? Well, I mean, what I would say is like, we started ours during a recession. And I think that that's, I think almost all of the major like tech companies, Apple, Microsoft, all started during recession. So it seems like recessions, and I know that this isn't technically one, but it is kind of in a weird other way. It's definitely weird. Um, that I think there's a lot of opportunity that comes from um, the fact that there's this whole, you know, I don't know what the right word term is for it, but what's going on right now, there's opportunities for people too, you know? Um, well, you heard it from Trevor, build his business, by handshakes and going direct and social media. The power of digital marketing, the power of networking, and loving what you're doing and not being afraid to go for it. Trevor, thank you so much for being on The Den. Congratulations for all your success and what a great brand you built in the craft beer industry. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this content, please don't forget to follow me at Lance Bachman on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me on Facebook at Lance Bachman Digital. And every Thursday we drop a new podcast. Don't forget to listen to it. We're giving out great content. And remember this, this is the time to build your business right now. Let's effing go everybody.